0: I don't think he really knew what he was doing. He was so sorry that
1: he had let me go. You need to be strong. Strong in the inner character.
2: I think a a key interest of mine has been the care of seniors. Mm -hmm. Welcome to Elder Wisdom, Stories from the Green Bench. I'm Erin Davis, and along with my co-host, Lloyd Hetherington, it is a real pleasure to sit here and share with you our conversations with some fascinating people. Now, the actual Green Bench began at Schlegel Village's retirement and long-term care residences as a place to have real conversations, to listen and be heard, and we've turned the idea into these podcasts where you meet residents, some of the Schlegel family and its extended family of care workers, and so many more wonderful guests, like our special guest today, Betty Ann Miller. While Betty Friedan and Gloria Steinem were marching, Betty Ann was working behind the scenes on top of a mall roof through the halls of the malls and what she calls a fairy tale career. You know, there was an old song, Venus in Blue Jeans. Well, for Betty Ann, we sing Genius in Blue Jeans, and you're going to love her. By now, you know my co-host, Lloyd, who's 86 and is a resident as well as a retired educator and missionary, a dad, grandfather, and widower. And he and I are just tickled to treat you to this high-style, highly entertaining chat with Ms. Betty Ann Miller. Lloyd, I get a sense just from our relationship, which has now been going for low these 24 episodes, that you really do appreciate a woman of strength and entrepreneurship, don't you? Well,
1: I I admired it so much. For far, far too long, we did a disservice to women. We lost 50% of our productivity by excluding women from the roles that were exclusively reserved for men. So when we have someone who's hammering away at the glass ceiling and actually breaking through, uh, I just love to talk to that person and, and find out how they did it, and what they accomplished, and then see if they have a few tips for some of the young ladies coming along now <laughs> who will still face the glass ceilings.
2: And so we get a chance to do that right now. Welcome Betty-Ann. Lovely to have you with us here on the green bench today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. And I know that there is so much more to substance than style, but can we just say that we have been completely apprised of what it is you're wearing for our <laughs> podcast today. And so, if you wouldn't mind, just want to give people kind of a, a bit of an insight into how styling you are today on the Green Bench, Betty Ann, and uh,
0: tell us about those jeans. Well, I've never owned a pair of jeans in my life, and uh, <laughs> when we would have Western days at the Burlington Mall, I had a denim skirt that I wear, would wear. However, mm. I was shopping in Oakville one day, and I saw these jeans, and they were fabulous. They were $500 on, <gasps> oh.
1: on sale for
0: 50 and I thought, oh, come I on. can't pass this up, and they've got lace and lots of sequins and nice flowers here and there made out of lace and sequins. They've got a beautiful, beautiful um, lots of pearls and silver. Actually, I wore them when my husband was undergoing major surgery and he was on the uh, operating table for 10 hours and I wanted to be perky and to be dressed perky. That's the last time I think I've worn them.
2: So that was 2007. Is that correct that you bought those jeans? It was. And you're still fitting into them in 2021? (laughs) Okay, that ain't right. Good for you. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you. It sounds like such a superficial note to start on, but there's so much to be said for dressing to raise your spirits. And really the example of your husband's heart surgery and then wearing these fancy schmancy jeans today that were an incredible buy, can we just say, it means a lot. It does. When you dress well, you feel good. Absolutely. And you started out, in a rather a humble position and worked your way to the top. You mentioned the Burlington Mall there very briefly. Can you take us through your career path, please, Betty Ann? Because it really is inspiring.
0: I was just so fortunate. I truly had a fairy tale career, and I loved every second of every day that I was in the shopping center industry. And I started at Burlington Mall as their secretary when it opened October, 1968. And uh, I guess when the second manager came, John St. Ange, he was just a wonderful man. And he just knew exactly what to do and how to manage the shopping center. And he would spend a lot of time downstairs dealing with the tenants and the shoppers, which is exactly what one should be doing. Mm -hmm. And there would be people that would come up and ask questions, and I would answer them. And then when John would come back to the office, I would say, well, um, this is a question I had, and I knew your answer would be this way. So this is, I just simply saved you, you know, one less thing to do. So we were an amazing team. And then he had bought, i he went on to buy Irene Hill, five stores out of Ottawa. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And he was going to head office at that point and he was quite anxious for me to take the assistant manager's job which i did in 1973 in august and um, then they were looking for a manager and january 1st 1975 they promoted me and john of course was right at my side encouraging me to take it
1: that is a wonderful story the progress through from just entry-level secretary up to becoming a manager. But it says something very positive. You had the ability and the will and the drive to do it, but you also had a good mentor, and that is so essential.
0: It very much is, yes, definitely, yes. And all the fellows, I was just one of the boys. It never entered my mind about a glass ceiling. I never, ever thought of that. I was just so grateful that they took a chance on me. I knew I would never let them down, and I never did. And
2: in only 10 years' time, to have gone from secretary to regional manager overseeing several shopping centers, in that time or afterward, Betty Ann, did you become a mentor yourself to other
0: women who were rising through the ranks? I didn't have the opportunity to be a mentor to women as much as I did to the men, Hmm. because in those days, we were hiring mainly men, and with Cambridge, one had to be prepared to travel anywhere across Canada where they had shopping centers, and that wasn't something that women were really doing in those days. Mm -hmm. So I became a training center for Cambridge so that I could remain in Burlington, and I trained I would say 27 different individuals to become marketing directors and shopping center managers. Wow. In those days, I would, have, I would have some just for three months, and they would be promoted. Yeah. So the teacher definitely made
2: a difference. But you mentioned earlier that you felt like you were one of the guys. Tell us about that
0: business meeting and the private club. Oh, in 1978 is when they... Um, Designated regional managers for Cambridge. And again, there were probably five of us at the very beginning. And our president, who was such a strong supporter of me, and I was so blessed because he, when he arrived as president, he was, you know, from time to time would tour shopping centers. And it just so happened I had no idea he was coming, but it was the, one of the hottest days of the year, and I had. Chosen that day to um, inspect the roof with our maintenance superintendent, and I can even tell you what I was wearing that day. I was wearing, I had a lovely mauve suit, and I had a lovely um, necklace that matched, and a, a white shirt. And there I was up on the roof inspecting it on this extremely hot, humid day. When I got page, the president is here. He's just <laughs> he's just dropped in. Well, wasn't that my lucky day? (laughs) He was so happy to see me inspecting a roof. I don't know that the guys did that too often. (laughs) Wow, that is incredible. And to be dressed in a a mauve suit for that as well. Cheapers. And then he belonged to the Toronto Club and wanted to take us out for lunch. And when we arrived, of course... There I was, a female. And they said, oh, I'm sorry, but ladies are not allowed in the dining room. So they had to scurry around and put us in a private room. And the guys were fabulous. It was just one of the, you know, nobody thought a thing about it. We were as comfortable as could Uh, be.
1: There was a time, though, when the women were not welcomed into that inner sanctum of the male-dominated worlds. So you got your toe in the door and you helped to push it open for others. That's well done.
2: Yeah, her beautiful toe in the door. You can be sure they were nice shoes, too.
1: (laughs) I'm sure.
0: Yes, they they would have matched my outfit. (laughs) You know they would have. So let me ask
2: you this, then. You were coming up in that time, the time frame of 1968 through 78 and then beyond. Did you subscribe to the Women Can Have It All You know, the covers of Cosmopolitan or Gloria Steinem or Betty Friedan or any of those who said, you know, women, we can have it all. Because there you were in the top, 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 quite literally on the roof of the building. But in the top of your field, do you feel that you were being fed a false narrative there? Or how
0: did you feel about that message at the time? It never once entered my mind. I never, ever thought about it. I simply worked long, long hours and I always made certain that I kept a jump ahead of the guys mm-hmm. I never, ever thought about it being in a woman's world. Never entered my mind. I was a happily married woman and I was just busy all the time. So I can honestly tell you, I just never thought about that.
2: Well, as someone who came up also in a men's world, I can tell you that the old adage about, you know, having to be like Ginger Rogers doing everything Fred Astaire did only backwards and in high heels could not be more true. And certainly you are
1: living proof of that, isn't she, Lloyd? She definitely is. But I I love her philosophy. Get the job done. Don't worry about categories, don't pigeonhole female or male. Just plunge in, do it with enthusiasm and conviction and let let things fall into place and they do.
0: When I received my first interview as a general manager in January 1975, I suspected I would be asked a question about being the only female in a men's world. And I simply said, if a woman is intelligent, if she is proficient in her job, if she communicates effectively, if she conducts herself professionally, and if she has the energy and the determination to do the job well, that it would be recognized by her associates. And I never, ever had a problem with any of the guys. Hmm. And it fits in with your 4D motto as well, which I really think is worth sharing. Would you mind doing that? Yes. I felt that if you're dedicated, if you have determination and you've got diplomacy and discipline, those were my 4Ds and those 4Ds certainly helped me in my career. And they Mm -hmm. still do to this day. Hmm. And it was really funny because Lauren, our president, said, oh, Betty Ann, trust you to have four. I have my three Cs, character, courage, and conviction. Uh, oh. Who said that to you? Who said that? Lauren Braithwaite, our president. Ah,
2: very good. Lauren had the three. You have the four. The 4D motto, dedication, determination, diplomacy, discipline. I just love that. Yes. That is Great. You have been anything but idle since you retired. Tell us about how you have continued to contribute to the community, if you don't mind, Betty Ann.
0: I first of all did a lot of golfing, but then I took a Bible study course for 11 years in Oakville. Um, I'm involved in our church. I do the uh, readings when it's my turn. I do the prepare the prayers of the people when it's my turn to do it. And I have been a pastoral care for St. Christopher's, and I visited the hospital once a week.
1: Mm.
0: I became vice president and president of the um, Probus Club. Probus is a wonderful way of connecting people. Just a great group. It's fabulous. And I'm so blessed. Um, I have been a social sponsor for Beta Sigma Phi, In 1973, Xi Delta Theta invited me to be their social sponsor, and then in 1998, I was invited to be social sponsor for all of the chapters in Burlington. What is a social sponsor? Well, it's an honorary position, but I'll just tell you briefly, Beta Sigma Phi was founded in 1931, and it has grown to be an international organization. It was created for women in search of cultural and social activity and to be of service to others. Hmm. And it gives its members an intimate touch with many lives and many minds. It's an enriching experience in the appreciation and enjoyment of the liberal arts. And I was invited to a luncheon with Psi Delta Theta on Monday and the love that girls have for each other. It's exemplary. It truly is. They're just wonderful, wonderful ladies. Excellent. And serve our community extremely well. As you do with the
2: Joseph Brent Hospital, as you mentioned, you like to visit there, but you also are modestly, I might add, responsible for the hospital foundation, are you not?
0: Oh, that was such a wonderful experience. As soon as I was appointed general manager, they invited me to be on the board of governors of the hospital. And I didn't have any medical experience, so I thought, aha, uh-huh, they want money and I won't let you down. I went to the vice chairman who was the president of Paladay Homes and said, Bud, if you will donate a chalet, I will have all of the tenants in Burlington Mall furnish it, which is exactly what, what we did. It was beautifully furnished. It was built on Burlington Mall parking lot. It was opened on April the 1st, 1976 and we started selling tickets at one dollar and we ended up clearing a hundred thousand dollars way back in 1976 wow that's
1: remarkable and
0: that is how the joseph brandt hospital foundation started when i retired from the board of governors i was invited to be on the uh, hospital foundation board and in 1984, Bud Gordon at that point was chairman, and we were undergoing a capital campaign. The um, consultants felt the best we could raise would be $3.5 million. and Bud looked at me and said, and you, young lady, are going to be community chairman. <laughs> so our group raised uh, a million of the 3.5 and then of course with the last one it was just outstanding because the community uh, got together and 60 million dollars was raised of which um, I was very privileged to be able to participate uh, as I sat in the um, family room of the ICU I had just been told that my husband was not expected to live mm. so I will always remember mm. that day And he passed away three days later. And at that point is when the new tower was going to be underway. And I contacted the hospital and as luck would have it, at that point, they were building a quiet room. So I said immediately that I would donate the quiet room for the ICU. And then they changed plans and added a family room. And I said, oh, I'll donate it too. your Your vision for the future is undoubtedly part of
2: what got you to where you were at the very top of your business. But also, and you talk about your husband and and his dire diagnosis, you put your preparation, your ability to focus on the future, to work in writing his eulogy. Can you share that story? I think it's so beautiful, Betty Ann, and it really does speak to who you
0: are. I guess it probably started... His sister and my mom would come to visit us in Florida. And as sisters would do, he one dinner conversation... We always played games during dinner. She asked Murray, um, who is your best friend? And he said, Betty Ann. And she said, no, no, no. I mean among your golfers. Well, it's Betty Ann. No, no, no. I mean among your curlers. Yeah, it's Betty Ann. Oh. And at, at that moment, I thought to myself... That means I'm going to have to do your eulogy one day. Mm. That's exactly what went through my mind at that precise moment. And then uh, my husband had had a a number of surgeries, but the one in 2007, I knew I was incredibly fortunate to have had him live through that surgery. And when he would go back to the hospital for his rehab, I thought, I better start writing his eulogy right now because I got lucky this time. I may not the next and I'm so glad I did because I had a clear mm-hmm. mind and I I could really concentrate and do a good job of writing the eulogy and as it turned out in 2012, I did uh, Pamela Eve's eulogy. She was a top fashion coordinator in Canada. She was our fashion uh, coordinator at Cambridge and I'm grateful to her because I, she certainly taught me a lot about fashion. So I did hers in February. I did my Aunt Eileen's in April. I did my Aunt Rita's in June, and then I did Murray's in September. Oh, what a year! All of that year. oh But I knew they were all going to happen. So, um, well, that is There was good. no doubt in my mind. Yeah. And since then, I have been so incredibly blessed. I have attended 13 conferences dealing with the afterlife. I have met the most brilliant minds in the world. And I have sat for 65 days listening to speakers, of which one is Dr. Edward Close, who has scored the highest IQ ever recorded in history. And I've been blessed to sit in his presence two weeks in total a number of conferences.
1: You have been blessed indeed to have so many beautiful people in your life, helping you to shape your hopes, your plans for the future. And I like the way you not only received that inspiration, but have applied it in such a meaningful way with all those eulogies. And it just is so encouraging to know that you have the best interest of others in sharing The hopes and joys, even in death. I'm just
0: so blessed with these wonderful, wonderful friends. You've cultivated
2: them, but you've also used this preparation, this vision for the future that we talk about. I love this, that you've sort of saved yourself a spot in line at Tansley Woods in Burlington. You're not a resident there with Schlegel, but you've reserved your spot in line so that you can be when you want to. And you've segued that into your afterlife preparations for the practical matters here on earth in terms of preparing for funeral and having your your penthouse, and I'm doing air quotes here, for your ashes. Tell us about that and why you've chosen to be so prepared for when you do step off this mortal coil.
0: I've been blessed. I have been to all of the continents in the world. And Whenever we would take a trip, I would spend uh, hours preparing and learning about it. I, we, each of us are going to take the biggest trip of our lifetime when we go to heaven. Why wouldn't we plan on that? That's the most special trip that we're ever going to take. And in 2013, when Tansley Woods opened, I came to the opening and I thought, I would better put my name down. I may need a place. This would be the best insurance policy I can possibly have. And I met Tanya. I was so impressed with her managerial skills right from day one, and I continued to be. I just think she's an an amazing manager. And where I had my care, customers are really everything. She really exemplifies rare residents are really everything. And, of
2: course, you're talking about Tanya, who is the Director
0: of Lifestyle Options at Tansley Woods in Burlington. Yes. So I quickly put a deposit down for a penthouse in the new wing whenever it might open, and I'm still very, very happy in my home. But it's just such a peace of mind to know that if I needed a place to go, I have it organized. And i why wouldn't I pay for my
1: Mm -hmm. funeral? I'm on your wavelength so much. It's incredible
0: it's just showing love and respect for those you're leaving behind Mm -hmm.
1: exactly while I've had the health and the mental facilities I can make the choices so that if you come to my house I'll show you my file and I'll show you the section of the file end of life, last will powers of attorney, cemetery plot, undertaker and so on and not only have I got them organized there I've shown my children where they are so that If something happened to me today, they could just turn the key to the filing cabinet and a lot of the work is done for them. Because even with all this work, there's still a lot of things that have to be done. And they can be demanding and under the emotional moments of the time, it can be very challenging.
0: Actually, I have even gone a step further. I have every letter typed with every account on, number on it. Every letter is typed for the companies, the address, um, the telephone numbers. All my executor has to do is sign it. I just think that makes sense for me to do it because it, it didn't take long to do. They're all in a book mm-hmm. and these are all done. It, to me, it just is being considerate. And I will be going to the uh, upper penthouse to join my husband because our niche is the I refer to it as the upper penthouse it's the Uh, top floor
1: (laughs) uh, oh my goodness you go to your upper penthouse and I'll go to my country estate oh oh, Lloyd uh, you have a
2: country estate
1: oh indeed I have
2: you do beautiful
1: rural Ontario I shopped around to get the very best price on cemetery plots and I've got a a lovely one just off the 401 at Brock Road And the beauty of it all is that uh, the plot is there, that Tim Hortons is right next door to the cemetery so that we can have our wake there, and we're all organized. We're we're ready to go.
2: Oh, my gosh. I love both of your philosophies so, so much. Could we, Betty Ann, before we let you go, and, and of course, we're sitting here on this metaphorical and virtual green bench, if you were going to sit down on the green bench here at Schlegel Villages, who would you want to sit and have a chat with? And I'm imagining you having a heart-to-heart with a a strong leader or some other woman who has blazed trails like Bertha Wilson, our Canada's first Supreme Court justice, or who might it be? Or maybe Coco Chanel, who knows, you know, who said, keep your heels, head, and standards high. Who would you want to sit with?
0: I would probably sit with my executor and my best friend, Blair Lancaster, who in 1973 was our Queen of Burlington Mall, and then in October she became Miss Burlington, in November she became Miss Canada, and we have been the closest friends ever since. And she became a a city councillor and a regional city councillor for Burlington. She's done extremely well. She
2: certainly has. I'm I'm just looking at her on Wikipedia now, and you two have been lifelong
0: friends. Yeah. How lovely. How lovely. Mm-hmm. I'm also blessed because I was invited to be on the Board of Governors for Sheridan College. And uh, at one of the retreats, we were given um, the qualities of a leader, and it's really vision, example, dignity, and passion. Mm-hmm. And I have found those four words to be very, very useful. Right on.
2: I love that you remember them, because obviously they did resonate with you, and and it's not just lip service, because they are a part of who you are.
0: Yes, and I guess at Bible study, two of the uh, characteristics that have really stood the test of time for centuries is uh, integrity and respect, and I think that's the book of Nehemiah. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I'm just reading Nehemiah now myself. A man of real leadership qualities who had a job to do and would not be distracted or frightened. He had a singleness of purpose and he set his heart and mind to it and accomplished the task.
0: It's really the best book you're going to read on leadership. Would you agree? It's
1: an excellent leadership guide.
2: Yeah. On that note. I don't think we can get any bigger or better than the good books. So we will thank you so much, Betty Ann, for your time, for your passion, for a life so well lived and still being lived to the fullest in those fancy jeans. (laughs) (laughs) Thank
0: you. Thank you for joining us here today on the Green Bench. Oh, it's been such an honor. It's been pure joy. Thank you so very much.
2: Uh Oh, the pure joy was ours. Join Lloyd Hetherington and me as we sit down next time with Ross Morton. He lives at the village of Arbor Trails in Guelph, is in his mid-90s, and has written a hat-trick's worth of autobiographical books, one of which helped keep the sparks of his wife's memory alive as she lived with Alzheimer's, and he wrote at her side. To make sure you don't miss it or any episode, just go to elderwisdom.ca and find the link for our Green Bench podcasts. We'll let you know as soon as the next one's up. And while you're at the website, be sure and take the Elder Wisdom Pledge, won't you? On behalf of Lloyd Hetherington and all of us at Schlegel Villages Retirement and Long-Term Care Residences, thank you for your time. And remember... Your seat on the Green Bench is ready and waiting.
1: Elder Wisdom, stories from the Green Bench, is brought to you by Schlegel Villages, a complete continuum of care, offering independent living to long-term care, celebrating and honoring the wisdom of the elder. To learn more about us, please go to our website, schlegelvillages.com.